This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Chapter 3 Reasons Behind Sri Hari's Incarnations. This is from the Guru Charitra. This chapter describes how Lord Sri Hari in order to save his devotee King Ambarisha from the wrath of sage Durvasa draws upon himself the curse which Durvasa intended to pronounce against Ambarisha. As a result of Durvasa's curse Sri Hari has to take repeated incarnations on earth which is in a way was the greatest blessing to the world. Namdarak prayed to Siddha Yogi to accept him as his disciple. He pleaded, "Pray enlighten me more and fully on Guru's leelas. Also let me know about your way of life. What type of food you take, etc." The Siddha Yogi said, "Unceasing remembrance of Guru Nanak's glory, chanting Guru Nanak's name, and reading and re-reading that is parayan of guru charitra which accounts the leelas of gurunath are my sole sustenance and very way of life he showed him the bundle of palm leaves which was the record of the guru leelas which he always carried with him which was his priceless treasures he further said guru charitra is a panacea of all the ills of this world and reading it or listening to its narration will relieve men of all the mundane worries and would endow of them the enduring peace happiness and the spiritual enlightenment it's like the kamadhenu the celestial cow and the kalpavriksha the celestial tree and will fulfill all human desires and aspirations speaking thus siddhi yogi led namdharak to the holy ashwatthama tree on the bank of the bhima amraja sangam Siddha Yogi seated himself at the foot of the tree and asked Namdharak also to be seated in front of him. Namdharak pleaded with Siddha Yogi to narrate the Guru Charitra and said, "One great doubt troubles me much, and you must first clear it for me. Why should the one who is beyond all gunas and qualities, who is formless, take form at all, and especially the human form, and come down to earth? I am unable to reason out and understand why." while men strive all their lives to conquer and transcend their gunas and take to severe penances with the sole objective of getting freedom from the thraldom of the body and to merge in the formless god god himself assumes human form and incarnates on earth what was the reason for nirguna to become sagun please let let it clear to me the siddha yogi then began to narrate as follows ah uh, this is the first part is how do you normally be constantly in devotion to your guru now this is this happens by means of a very simple philosophy that is we have to keep on reading the stories again and again and again you will find that we have just finished you know sai satcharitra but every time when you read this same book the second time when you read or the third time when you read or the fourth time when you read you will find that there is something new there is something more that you keep on understanding again and again and again and this newness will continue till the till that particular lesson is set in a in a individual now you will find that how many a times it has been told you know that follow the instructions how do you follow the instructions your guru has said a certain instructions the instructions are very simply this go and do this thing 
let us say for example can you get me a glass of water from the tap it is very hot outside and the guru has said get me a glass of water from the tap so what happens four people get up one of them goes to the bottle which is kept on the table takes a glass fills it up and gives the second one says oh it is very hot outside let me get some ice water from the fridge so he runs to the fridge and gets ice water the third one has got a brand new bottle of liquid water in his bag he opens the bottle and gives it to the guru and the fourth one gets up goes to the kitchen takes a glass fills it with the tap water and brings and gives it to the guru now the guru takes the water from the tap and drinks it the rest of the things he doesn't touch why is this so the reason why it is so is the instructions are very clear it is not the fulfilling of the thirst that is the motivation it is to tell you how to follow the instructions the person who lifted the bottle from front of the gurudev and poured it in a glass is using his mind can the guru not pick up the bottle in front of him and pour for himself of course he can then why was he saying get the bottle get the water from the tap inside the second one feels that i am doing better seva of guru better seva so i will go to the fridge and get the cold bottle of water so he gets the cold bottle of water and the guru rejects it the third one believes that the water should not be from the tap the municipal tap water is dirty it is contaminated so i will open up a bottle of this you know that bottle water water and give it to the guru he feels that he is doing a greater service to the guru by giving the purified water whereas the fourth one gets up goes to the tap fills up with water and comes and gives it to the guru it is not for drinking water it is for following the instructions of the guru the instructions should not be bent to your satisfaction they are to be followed to the t it shows that your mind has come in place now this has been taught a number of times how many times this same thing has been taught in different different ways do not allow your mind to come in the middle do not allow to come you know the mind to come in the middle don't think if you are thinking whom are you giving the opportunity to think you are giving it to the mind who is mind mind is indra here you are overriding the krishna and you are going to indra and following indra's instructions so where are krishna's instructions down the hatch so the guru's words are perfect they have been given so that you can overcome the mind when you follow indra's instructions you are following the deities and he is the king of these deities 
So understand this. Now this instruction has been given 101 times. I mean every time. It is, isn't it like reading the same chapter over and over and over again. Now why is Namdharak who is already a realized soul or rather sorry the Siddha Yogi is already a realized soul who is him, Dattatraya himself by the way. Why does he have to go and read the book again and again and again and again? The reason is because you have to get perfection. Nobody is perfect in the material world. Anybody who is born with a body is imperfect. So, to remove the kanchukas, to remove these coverings, you have to follow the instructions to the T. You have to read. It is important to do so. You will find that sages will carry just one line or one page with them. And that they keep on reading again and again and again and again. When I visited my guru, I was given one small piece of paper. And I asked him, is this the only thing that I am supposed to do? He said, yes. When you do this one line, you will have the lapis lazuli. Lapis lazuli is a very, very beautiful stone. Okay, it's a gemstone. You will have the lapis lazuli in your hand. It is a covering of one kamandalu. And the kamandalu contains the holy water, which is called the purified water, which you can use for the purpose of curing. And that day, I read that paper and I gave it back to my guru and I said, thank you very much. And that mantra is constantly going on on a continuous basis. How does that happen? Isn't it repetition of the same thing? The more you repeat, the more perfect it becomes. It is like sharpening. The more you sharpen a pencil, pointed it becomes. It is used. The more you sharpen the blade, with the blade, the arrow, the sharper it becomes. It kills the object. That is, the target is hit very hard and then it destroys the target. It's the same thing over here also. Reading the same thing again and again will give you purification. So, so Namdharak is told by his guru, Siddha Yogi, that I have to read this again and again. Now, the question asked by Namdharak to his guru is, why does God have to take so many avatars? I mean, as a human being, he is a nirgun, nirgun, unmanifest, without any gunas. Why does he have to be a person with gunas? See, you will find that Sri Hari, Sri Hari means Sri Krishna has taken multiple forms. So now we are going to read a story which will give us an understanding 
why does the lord have to take so many forms so the question is very valid so let us see what the answer is given by siddha yogi whenever earth is overpowered by evil and the gentle and the powerless folks are harassed and troubled by asuras that is the demonic natured people and whenever righteousness is on the decline god incarnates on the earth to restore dharma to punish the wicked and to reform them and to protect the pious and the good what does this mean yada yada hi dharmasya you know that particular line from the bhagavad gita lord will only incarnate when there is a decline in the dharmic rules and regulations that are going on whenever there is a dharma adharma is connected to those things which are bound to happen at that point in time do not happen in the prescribed manner because of certain elements when we were reading the bhagavata it was already mentioned that this being the kali yuga this current yuga will be the kali yuga everything is in decline everybody is in the tamasic state this was already discussed now imagine at this point in time something which is not at all accruing to this yuga happens to be there isn't it right that the lord takes birth at this point in time or takes a form at this point in time so that is the reason why he comes the devotees especially will be ever protected by god so the first thing he comes for the sake of establishing the dharma secondly it is for the devotees the devotees are always shown the pathway towards the lord understand these are the reasons so see the devotees especially will be ever protected by god god brooks no harm to be done to his ardent and faithful devotees by anyone or any being let me tell you the anecdote of amrisha which will explain to you clearly the mystery of the avatars so the avatar happens because of two reasons one is to establish the dharma second one is to take out those people who are on this pathway from here on to the path of spiritual and he takes them away to his domain these are the two reasons king amrisha was a very righteous ruler and was also a great devotee of lord shri hari he was a he was a scrupulous follower of all the shastric injunctions once after observing the ekadashi fast on the following morning he was about to break his fast just at that time sage durvasa arrived the king offered his obeisance to the sage and prayed that he should accept his hospitality the sage agreed and went to bathe in the river telling that he should soon return but hours passed by and yet the sage did not return it was nearing midday and the dwadashi hour was passing away unless amrisha broke the fast before the dwadashi hour passed away the fruit of the ekadashi fast would be lost altogether that's the ekadashi and the dwadashi that's the first day and the second day so consulting his priest he sipped a little water taking the lord's name the fast was thereby symbolically broken yet without actually any food being taken the sage returned after midday he was furious that the king had taken something though it was just water without having offered him any food in this fury he was about to curse the king just at that juncture 
as Amrisha was all the time praying and was totally absorbed in the thought of Lord Shri Hari, the latter appeared and told Durvasa that he might curse him instead of cursing Amrisha. His devotee, Durvasa foresaw how immensely the curse was going to benefit the world and pronounced the curse upon Sri Hari that he would to be born again and again in the world, beginning with the life of a fish and further in one of the avatars that he would have no steady place to live in and would be continuously wandering and be forever on the move from place to place, thus indicating the Dattar avatar too. The curse of Durvasa thus became a blessing to the world. The Lord had to take incarnation on earth Besides the ten principles, incarnations, he took many other incarnations which are all described in the Srimad Bhagavata. One of the most glorious incarnations was that of Sri Dattatreya. Thus ends the third chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing Sage Durvasa's curse on Sri Hari which has led to the Lord's incarnations on earth. Glory be to all merciful, the omnipresent and the ever responsive Guru Nath. So, Durvasa Muni. If you recollect, Durvasa Muni is an avatar of Shivji. He is the third incarnation in the three incarnations that are there. He is the third incarnation of the Datta Avatar. The first is Datatra, which is the Vishnu. Second is Chandra, which is from Brahmaji. And the third one is called Durvasa. So Durvasa is sanctioning himself also. <laughs> Imagine that. You are sanctioning your own self to be born again. So it is like giving the curse so that you can do something worthwhile in this world. So Durvasa Muni, when he was asked this question also many a times, you know, this question has been asked to him, why do you keep on cursing all the time? <laughs> he is an avatar of Shivji, very, very hot-headed and you will always wonder, why is he always cursing everybody? It is like this, you know, the curses are basically not the curses. There is something which is programmed in the future. And which has to come because of the curse. So the curse has to be repeated so that it happens. You know, every time when I have said these words, I don't know whether you have understood these words. Say it with your mouth. Don't say it inside. Suppose you say, I want something. Let us say, you want an answer. Or you want, you want to ask something. Most of the time, it is because of fear, it is because of shyness, it is because of some other reason the person doesn't speak. Or the person says, okay, okay, next time I will talk. But the next time never comes. <laughs> Understand this, the question has come. The question needs satisfaction. So you need to ask the question. And the question, we are talking about spirituality over here. Not, why, why should I do this something, <laughs> which movie are we talking about? No, no, no. I am not talking about that. <laughs> spiritual questions. Okay. So whenever the spiritual questions come, you should ask. Open your mouth and ask. Why did Durvasa Muni curse Shri Hari? Think. Durvasa Muni had still not cursed Amrisha. Isn't it? And still not cursed him. Then what happens? Shri Hari comes. That is, the Lord himself turns up over there and says, No, 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 no. Don't, don't curse Sri Amrisha. See, it is not correct. You want to curse? No, you curse me. I am there. You curse me so that I will take. The reason is because the curse has appeared in the inside. 
the moment it appears the arrow has been shot already understand this direction of the arrow is now towards sri hari it is like as if think about it like this there is the person okay now this person has to be hit shri hari appears over here so the arrow will first hit shri hari isn't it this person will no longer be there so the entire workload the entire curse will hit shri hari that is vishnu himself and that is the reason why he comes in the middle yes so the thought itself when it has been released it has to hit that object and that is the reason why he assumes that dhal you know dhal means the covering basically what we use dhal and talwar bolte hain na usko kya bolte hain oh <laughs> use karte bolte you don't hit my devotee you hit me okay so don't bother about it and durvasa himself understands okay it is yes it is only for the purpose of the future good so let me say the curse so he says it with his mouth so saying that particular curse is important is in the same way bringing it out is important so please don't bother about why you should ask and why you shouldn't ask if it is a question related to the spiritual you need to ask it it is important to bring it out otherwise it is not going to get directed towards that entity all right so now what we will do is since we have just covered about 20 minutes or so 20 22 minutes or so let me do the next chapter which is about shri datta avatar hmm? this chapter describes the advent of shri dattatreya as a son of anusuya and atri this chapter illustrates the power of chastity that is purity as exemplified in the life of anusuya her purity could be trans could transform the great trinity that is durlabhya that is the unattainable into mere babies into her arms and make them saulabhya which is bringing within one's easy and close reach the name atri means one who has transcended the three gunas anusuya is the one who is bereft of human frailties such as jealousy etc and is spotlessly pure where atri and anusuya cohabit the lord himself is also sure to abide so atri is see what is the atri one who has overcome the three gunas transcended that means the one who is purified okay purification happens after you transcend the three gunas trigunatmak we call datatre trigunatmak one who has been able to overcome the three gunas and his wife's name is anusuya anusuya means one who has overcome all the negative elements like jealousy greed lust and all those things when these two come together purity comes together at that point in time these the lord is sure to abide over there so we will start the story nam daraka siddha yogi how the three great gods brahma vishnu and maheshwar were born as a single manifestation as datta his heart was yearning to know the whole guru charitra from the very beginning and origin siddha yogi began describing the origin of creation in the timeless beginning there was no earth no sky no planets no universe and no being uh, this is something which we have to understand when the mention is there of no earth no sky no being no this no that 
we are already into so many manavantaras. In one life of uh, Brahmaji, in one life of Brahmaji, there are so many manavantaras that are happening. One Brahmaji's life. That is 100 years of Brahmaji. That is one Brahmaji's. Now think about it. If you think that there was no earth before this, wouldn't that be a problem? So this is endless time. We are not talking about just some few years ago. No God was born 6,000 or 7,000 years ago. So don't think like that, you know. Oh, the earth came into existence 7,000 years ago. Who said that? No, (laughs) there is nothing like that. The earth has been existing for billions and billions and God knows, zillions years. Who knows about it? We have no idea. So what he is trying to say is, the earth comes into existence when the human being is born. The birth is the birth of the earth. Understood? So, it was all an infinite expanse of water and on it was resting Sri Lord Narayana. Actually, the primal water itself was God. Out of the water was born Hiranyagarbha and out of the Hiranyagarbha emerged Brahmanda. Brahmanda is the egg of Brahma. Brahma, not Brahmaji. Brahmaji is, doesn't lay an egg. This is Brahmanda. The egg of Brahmaji. Brahma. <laughs> Brahma is endlessness. The one which is. Thou art that, you say, no? That. That is Brahma. So, it came out of the Hiranya Garbha. Garbha, womb. Correct? Brahma and split into two and one became the sky and the other the earth. The Lord then created the four-faced Brahma and entrusted him with the task of creation of both the animate and the inanimate beings. Brahma out of his Manas created the seven sages known as the Manasputra. Atri Rishi was one of the seven sons of Brahma. So we are going towards where Dathatre came into the picture. So Brahmaji was born. From Brahmaji came the sages. And one of the sages was called Atri Muni. Atri practiced severe penances for countless number of years and attained the Brahmanyana. Saptarishis are different. Saptarishis are different. See, Everything has been made out in such a way that the seven planetary systems, the seven rishis, the seven, uh, you know, uh, different, different layers. If you actually go to see, there are various, the seven is very, very fixed, like <laughs> it is always existing. So the Sapta rishis, one of the rishi is like, uh, even today, if you say, you now the Gotras are also, you will find the main Gotras will be that much in number, you will find that there are seven heavens, seven hells. All these are seven, 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 seven characters. One of the Atris, one of the Munis was Atri. He was on earth and he was doing his penances. Later, at the insistence of Brahma, he married Anusuya, the daughter of Kardama Prajapati. Remember, we are doing the Prajapatis somewhere. Now, this is Kardama Muni. Kardama Muni is, we are done about him. In I think two books, yes. So, Kardama's daughter, Anusuya was the embodiment of perfection 
and was entirely blemishless and as her name itself indicates she was she had no malice against anyone and had overwhelming and motherly love for all beings she was an embodiment of chastity who worshiped and considered her husband alone as god she is reckoned foremost among the pativratas pativratas pativrata okay the one who is purified is a purification incarnate the one because of whom the husband gets prolonged lifetimes that is all so in today no sages no munis no pativratas nothing we are in the wrong yuga <laughs> this is the kali yuga so nobody is pure in this we have to try to go and purify ourselves that is a different story <laughs> so it is at that time everything was pure remember so her fame and glory spread far and wide all over the three worlds indra the lord of heaven felt all his power waning out of his insignificance like that of an oil lamp before the dazzling and the splendorous sunshine of the rising glory and the power of anusuya and was afraid of losing the supremacy indra is always afraid of losing the supremacy remember what we started with the mind correct if the mind is losing you know to anything <laughs> it doesn't want to lose it's going to do its tigrambaji and come up with some bullshit it will always tell you something ulta viparit suppose you know you have been told like we again go back to the same example get me a glass of water from from inside and the mind will say you got to be the best of the devotee you cannot be worse see others you know they will run to the kitchen and get that dirty water from there so the mind is always going to give you beautiful stories on the contrary what it is telling you is telling you your ego is the best okay like that my ego the best so it always wants to have the upper hand always so whichever way you look at it always wants to have the upper hand so here also is the same thing happening indra dev is interested in having supremacy retained he doesn't want any anusuya in this world to take charge of this because you see purification purity comes into the picture you know mind becoming pure is a very dangerous thing what imagine tomorrow uh then everybody every woman in this world will say maaji maaji imagine your own wife you are calling maaji and then there is going to be big pain <laughs> so indra dev always has to guard his kingdom you know me i am the greatest so what does he do he approached the three gods brahma vishnu and maheshwar and entreated them to arrest the ever increasing power and glory of anusuya by somehow casting a blemish on her chastity you you know the white cloth suppose you wear a white shirt or you wear a white color sari indra dev will ensure that some black dot or some red dot is always there at the end of the day it is his nature he doesn't like to see that white purity anywhere so the mind will always want to make it impure you know the reason why he does it is also very good why does he do it we have a way of looking at life you know if the child's face is very beautiful we always want to put one tikka over there somewhere so that <laughs> 
<laughs> so that nobody looks at the child and says, you know, both the child. We always think like that. So the mind is always going to try to taint it little so that it doesn't get affected. Then other people will not want it. What? In the olden times, this is about 3500 years ago, in the Middle East, uh, those who have read Arabian Nights will know. The king always used to say, I want a virgin wife. Why? Because you get virgin wives in the heaven. I want virgin wives. And these girls, what they used to do, no? They used to take the pigeon's blood and put it in their ring. They had always one ring. Then there was a small vial in the ring and they would break it. So the king used to say, oh, I had a virgin. <laughs> so it was always tainted. Always. Padma, <laughs> you are laughing, but that is the truth. It is there in Arabian Nights. It's a very beautiful story. So the, 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 you know that girl, she says to that prince, he is not able to sleep. So he says, you have to tell me one story. Arabian Nights is thousand and one stories. And she says, yes, I will tell you the story. And every day she has to come up with some new story or the other. So this is one of the stories where she tells the king, this is also happening. And then the king's eyes open. Oh my God, this is what people have been doing all their life. Huh? I better be careful. <laughs> so this is what the whole story is all. So tainting. Indra Dev has this habit of tainting everything. So let us come to it. So he said, Anusuya's name and fame has been already outshining and eclipsing that of the three divine consorts, Lakshmi, Saraswati and Parvati, who were till then ranked as the foremost among the women in the world. The gods wanted to put Anusuya's purity and power to test. They transformed themselves into mendicants and approached the hermitage of Atri Rishi. They begged from arms. At that time, Atri Rishi had gone to the river to offer his daily oblations. Anusuya came out and welcomed them and extended hospitality. To them, they made a strange request that the food be prepared, served to them by Anusuya without wearing any garments. You know what this is? This is when somebody appears at your door at 12 in the noon. 12. Sharp at 12. Not Sardarji's. 12 in the noon. At that point in time, you better ensure, you know. I will give you Ichha Bhojan. That is what is called Ichha Bhojan. Ichha Bhojan means whatever you ask for, I will cook and give you. Okay. So whatever you ask for, I will cook and give you. The way you want it served, I will serve it to you. So these three appear sharp at that point in time and they say to her, we want Ichha Bhojan. Okay. And what is the Ichha Bhojan? That she has to serve them in the raw, naked. They made a strange request that the food be prepared, be served to them by Anusuya without wearing any garments. Anusuya, though perplexed at such a strange, embarrassing and impossible condition, however thought for a while as to what should she do. Atitis cannot be turned away under any circumstances. Atitis are aspects of God themselves, she thought. But yes, it flashed in her mind. If only the guests were her babies and she their mother, she could feed them without donning a garment. 
So, greater than the Tigrambaj is our intellect. The purified intellect, see, the purified intellect came up with an answer. Then what does she do? Her thoughts, the thought of a pure and a chaste mind instantly became reality. The elderly guests turned into babies. She then fed them with all the motherly solicitude and love, singing lullabies for them and put them to sleep in a cradle. When Atri Rishi returned home to his amazement, he found Anusuya fondling the three babies and singing to them lullabies on Upanishadic's truth. Anusuya rose and offered the children at the feet of her husband and said, These children are the gift. That is Datta. Datta. You know what Datta means? Datta is adopted. Yes. So, Dattatreya. So, they are Datta. So, they have been given by God. So, they are the gift of God to us. Atri Rishi was overwhelmed with joy. Atri Rishi, throughout his Divya Drushti, realized who the children really were. He prayed to her. He prayed to them, O Supreme God, Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh, it is all your inscrutable divine Leela. You, the infinite being, chose to become babies in, my, in our humble home so as to delight us who have been childless and have been praying to you in our heart of hearts to bestow on us a child. How blessed are we to fondle you! Tears of joy started welling from the sage's eyes, bathing the babes, so to say. The babes now assumed their real forms and made their appearance before the couple as a trinity. That is Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh. They said, we are pleased with you both. You ask for whatever bones you wish. The couple prayed, let the joy you gave us as babies in our home a little while ago become permanent and a lasting reality. Make this humble cottage of ours your own home and give us the blessed opportunity to fondle you as our own children. The God said, your wish will be surely be fulfilled. Let us also who have never known what a mother and a father's love is like, experience and enjoy it as children in your home. This is the truth. What we have been seeking for and why we came here under the pretext of Bhiksha. To Anusuya, Brahma was born as Chandra, Vishnu as Datta and Maheshwar as Durvasamuni. The children grew up under the fondling care of their parents. Atri Rishi performed their Upanayana Samskara. After this, Chandra sought permission for his parents to take the place in the skies and make it his abode. Durvasa also sought permission of the parents to leave home for his pilgrimage and penance. Both of them merged their divine selves and power into the brother Datta before they departed from home. Thus, in Datta were merged all the divine aspects and the powers of the great trinity, which became symbolized as the three faces with six hands and because of which he came to be called Dattatraya. The name also bears another meaning, the one who gifted himself as the son of Atri. Dattatraya from these very early years itself took to the task of redemption of the world as the supreme guru and protector. He is the Purnanyanavtar, incarnated to dispel darkness of ignorance in the world and to bestow spiritual knowledge and wisdom of all the aspirants. Thus ends the fourth chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing the glorious advent of the Datta Avatar on earth. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipotent and the ever-responsive Guru Nanak. See, why did the children go away? Uh, you see, in the Brahman, 
families in the ancient times after the upanayana ceremony that is that thread ceremony you know thread ceremony after that they are supposed to go and ask for bhiksha outside they lose their homes actually they are supposed to go as mendicants outside they go to their teachers places also you know somewhere around 8 to 13 years of age that is a time when the ceremony is performed they leave their house and they go and stay in their guru's house and they become they become the twice born that is they become guru's children because the first parent is only the one who gives birth so chandra goes away giving his essence to datta and durvasa muni also goes away giving his essence to datatreya and this is the reason why all these three avatars are in one alone that is datta avatar after giving all the essence to datatreya datatreya also leaves from there saying that my job is also over over here so at the age of 8 or 9 sometimes 10 whatever age that might be you will find that most of the great gurus like shankaracharya or datatreya they all left by the time they were 7 or 8 years old this is how the whole scheme works if you have any questions i can take